You're listening to the Sunday Session Podcast with Francesca Rudkin from Newstalk ZB. The Dyslexia Foundation has expressed concern around the National Party's new education policy. They believe the requirements would disadvantage neurodiverse students. Dyslexia Foundation of New Zealand spokesperson Guy Pope Mail is with me now. Good morning, Guy. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Francesca. Yeah, thank you for you no problem at all. I'm I'm actually calling in from Japan, so it's five fifteen in the morning over oh. here. Um, but I'm really happy to be here because this is a really important issue to talk about. Oh, I very much appreciate it. Thank you. What did you make of Nationals Education Policy? Well, I think the elephant in the room across the policy is that there's absolutely no mention of neurodiversity. And, you know, when you consider the issue, which is, you know, um, reading and maths um, in the in the in the school system, um, you know, neurodiversity, dyslexia in itself is over 10% of students that will be struggling to learn to read. And when you take all neurodiversities into account, we're talking about 20% or more um, of students. So to not mention neurodiversity is really the elephant in the room as far as I'm concerned. And of course, no amount of reading, writing and math is going to make a difference to those kids if they're undiagnosed or not supported. Absolutely. So it's a much bigger issue. And in terms of we, we certainly need early intervention, uh, also early identification, and then we need the right interventions. It's all about the approach. I mean, doing more of the same is simply not going to work. Even, even if you've got, um, even if you've got a, um, a good intervention, you might have structured literacy or some other um, dyslexia-friendly, evidence-based um, approach. Uh, the problem is if you keep doing the same thing when it's not working, you, you effectively torture the children that are actually going through that process. And that's what has happened in the past. And what the National needs to do or needs to take a stand on is how they're going to change things in the future. Is the current system any better? Are neurodivergent children catered for? Uh, well, the, the, thing is, the, the, the other thing that um, National seems to be missing here is that back in 2016, there was actually an absolute full inquiry into dyslexia, autism and dyspraxia. And this was... You know, while national was part of the was national was in the, it was government. Mm. So we've actually we've actually already had thousands of students, parents, teachers, schools, academics. You know, people who really know what they're talking about in this field come together and put together a, um, a whole um, list of recommendations. Now, national um, agreed that there were you know let's say thirty five or so recommendations that need to be put into place. At the time, the Greens and Labor identified um, some other recommendations, and they're the recommendations that would have really made a difference. The problem that we've got in New Zealand is not that we don't know what to do. We certainly know what to do, and the inquiry made that very clear. What we've got is that when National was in power, they did very little about it, even despite the fact that they knew. And then when Labor and the Greens um, became um, got into a position where they could do something about it, likewise, they didn't focus on it. So what I think we need from National is that we need them to actually recognise that there is a pathway out of the situation that we're in as far as neurodiversity is concerned, and they just need to make a commitment to follow through on the recommendations that were made back in 2016. Guy, what were those recommendations? What did we learn? How do we know how to help these children? Well, without stepping into the detail, um, one that would require me to remember all of the details, there's basically a systemic issue in New Zealand in terms of a systemic, in terms of there's a distinct lack of understanding as to what neurodiversity is and how to deal with it. And that's systemic because we've got teachers who are beautifully intentioned and doing the best that they possibly can with the resources they've got, but the resources are very limited. In particular, 
they've had very little training in this area. Uh, you know, with, with neurodiversity, it's very much a mindset. If you've got, a, um, if you're a parent, as I am, with neurodiverse children, you very quickly start to recognise the kind of things that you need to change every day that you're working with, that you're working with and, and bringing up your children. It's the same in the classroom. Um, but you've got to have your neurodiversity lenses on, um, so to speak. And although, you know, for the, lens, the lens for so many schools is that neurodiversity is a problem rather than something to, you know, to understand fully. So we've got a, we've got a systemic issue in terms of just a lack of awareness. So um, it's interesting, we've actually formed a coalition. It's called the Neurodiversity and Education Coalition. And this is the first time in New Zealand that the Sexy Foundation, Autism New Zealand, ADHD New Zealand and New Zealand Centre for Gifted Education have come together and said, what do, we need to, what do we need the new government from next year to start doing other than the inquiry, you know, delivering on the inquiry? And we came up with three things that we could make a real difference. So yeah. The first one of those is a publicly funded awareness program for teachers, parents, and young people. Yeah. That's really the first point that I'm making. People need to understand what neurodiversity is so that they know how to nuance and change what, what's being presented to them. The second thing is schools need a neurodiversity action plan. So schools need to, to take the time, work out what an action plan looks like for their school, and then put that action plan into place. And the third thing that we need to do is scale the already proven programs that are out there to ensure equity. Because in New Zealand, the big issue in education, and it's all driven or largely driven, or a big part of the inequity, comes from, um, comes from uh, across um, schools. So in the lower decile schools, what we find is that because of competing priorities, there simply isn't the attention being placed um, on on the basics and on neurodiversity in particular. And so we see a huge equity gap in New Zealand. Because, Guy, of course, we've, there's been a lot of talk around the teacher strikes which are taking place at the moment mm. about the pressure that neurodivergent children place on teachers. Is it a problem? Because I'm hearing from teachers that, you know, y- y- it's very difficult to get teacher aids. It's very difficult to get more help in a classroom catered to yep. the complex, need, complex needs which are you know might be might be in their class yeah well no it, 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 it is a big problem and it certainly needs to be you know more seriously resourced and if we don't do something about it we're going to end up with an even bigger problem in the future whether that be performance you know compared to you know literacy literacy um, performance compared to other um, countries or you know as we're seeing also in t- in terms of the increase in youth crime we've got a lot of young people disengaging from education and the, a lot of them or the vast majority of them like we're talking well over 80 percent will have disengaged from education and and then from the disengagement in education um, you know the difficulties start to arise their behavior starts to change they, they're vulnerable mm-hmm. I think that, that's, that, that's, the, that's the key issue you know in the wrong system, Neurodiverse students are vulnerable, and we need an attitude and an approach that they are vulnerable. And what are we going to do about it? I mean, doing more of the same thing is not going to work. Because, Guy, we've, I've heard a lot of comments over the week in the media around children who are struggling to learn or who may be causing problems in the classroom, and that the responsibility lies with the family, that they're coming from households that maybe don't prioritise learning and education. And, and it feels to me that. Oh, <laughs> 
that's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of parents out there who are really concerned about their children, but maybe they just haven't been able to get a diagnosis or they're not really sure what's going on. Or, you know, it sort of feels like a little bit of a general generalisation to say that children who aren't succeeding at school or doing well or who appear not to want to um, are coming from a family that doesn't put any value on education. Well, that harks right back to Steve Mahari um, back in 2006 when the Dyslexia Foundation was formed, and he stood up and, and on public TV and said that dyslexia was a you know was what he basically said that, that dyslexia is an excuse that families use um, for their their children that aren't, aren't performing well. So it kind of harks back to that, and I think that's what we've got with national across education at the moment, and also um, crime is that it's a sort of an old school approach. Um, the, the reality is that um, neurodiversity is a difficult thing to understand until it's presented to you, until you have, are forced to actually relate to it. Most families, when they're presented with it, work out what to do, and it becomes, a, it becomes uh, in many instances, it becomes um, an amazing gift to, and, to, and to celebrate and understand and move forward with. In the education system, the problem that we have at the moment is exactly that. It's a problem, not an opportunity. So, you know, um, we're right back from 2006, we've always said, get it right for dyslexia, get it right for all. The problem with the approach that the education system's got at the moment is they, they think, get it right for neurotypical students mm. and neurodivergent students will get it as well. That simply doesn't work. We have to turn that upside down. We have to get the education system understanding what neurodiversity looks like and what to do about it. And then what we'll find is not only is, are those students helped, all students will be helped. It's, it, and, but it's a paradigm shift, and it seems like a really complicated issue. It seems like it's something that's very daunting and very difficult to do something about it. But the reality is that once you make a commitment to really understand it, like a parent is forced to, it's actually much simpler than what you think. It yeah. is literally kind of like a light bulb goes on. You go, my child is struggling in this area despite the fact that they appear to be very intelligent. What do I need to do? And sometimes the things are very, very simple. For one, ask the student, ask the young person what they need. They most often do, and that's why I'm very excited about the fact that we've got these. Um, we've got we've brought together 15 um, neurodivergent youth champions at the moment. We brought them together to bring the youth voice to the table, because when you ask young people what they need in order to um, to uh, succeed, they will tell you. And often it's, I need more time. And just giving a student more time. And now when a, when a teacher is stressed or a teacher is under pressure, doesn't have the resources they need, even the simplest thing of giving them time might not be available to them. That's ridiculous. That's a mindset change that we have to have. So Guy, leading into the election, what policy do you want to see um, coming from political parties around this? Yeah, well, from a dis- from, number one, we want a commitment that the, the huge amount of effort that went into the 2016 inquiry is delivered upon. That actually there is a pathway to success that's gone through all of the hoops um, that are required from a, from a policy perspective. They know exactly what to do. What we would like to see is all of the parties agree that they're going to deliver upon the inquiry. That would be massive. And then there are the three things that we've landed on as a coalition, which is so easy. Publicly funded awareness programme, Schools um, being asked or required or being encouraged um, in tomorrow's schools environment to develop a neurodiversity um, action plan. I mean, each school needs an action plan. They need to know what their pathway is, and then parents need to know what the action plan is for them. 
because when you discover that your child is dyslexic or ADHD, you need to know what your next steps are. And that pathway is actually um, is known by those that have travelled it before and that just needs to be set out both from a parental perspective, student perspective, teacher perspective and the school perspective. And then we need to scale up proven programmes. We don't need a whole host of new programmes to be explored and, and to be then shelved three or four, year, four, three or four years later. We need the programmes that are already in place, that have got evidence-based, that are understood to work. We need those scaled up, and then I think we'll be on the other, we'll be on the other side of this. Guy, thank you so much for getting up so early to talk to us from Japan. Really appreciate it. That was Dyslexia Foundation of New Zealand spokesperson Guy Pope, male. For more from the Sunday session with Francesca Rudkin, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Sunday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.